0: The Dave Damaschek Football Program, available on iTunes and at davedamaschek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek.
2: Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damaschek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 193 of the Dave Damaschek Football Program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash shack Yes, yes. And, you know, I think we can all agree on one thing, that America's team is playing in the baseball playoffs right now. The Pittsburgh Pirates, let's go Bucks! Am I right, everybody? That's exciting stuff. It's good times for Pittsburgh sports fans, except for the fact that the other team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, is down. Maybe this is the way it works. You can only have one or the other because the Steelers on Wednesday announced a trade in which they acquired Levi Brown. This presumably in response to the Baltimore Ravens going out and getting Eugene Monroe, a bona fide, successful left tackle for form, first-round draft pick, Levi Brown, also a first-round draft pick, but a, a complete bust there. It's really the Pirates are doing well in the postseason, and so the Steelers are sort of – they've now adopted the Pirates' way, which is to make desperate, misguided – Uh, acquisitions for overpaid players either way let's get into the whole world of football a couple of Cinderella stories burgeoning at least in the NFL squaring off on Thursday night the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns is who I'm talking about and I'll go uh, let me let me go crazy here I think the Cleveland Browns have a real chance to win the the AFC North now it's fortunate that they don't happen to be in the same division as, say, the Seattle Seahawks or Denver Broncos. But surrounded by the trio of uh, of bum teams um, in that division besides the Browns, why not? Why can't Brian Hoyer get it done? <clears throat> the only question is, do you think Mike Lombardi and Joe Banner would go back And if they had a choice, knowing that the Browns would win two straight games? Do you think they're thinking to themselves, one, man, we shouldn't have traded Trent Richardson. We'd be even better... And in trying to win this division, or do you think they're angry at Brian Hoyer and the rest of the fellas, saying, hey, guys, we wanted you to lose these games. Now you're playing yourselves into an eight and eight and mediocre draft pick instead of uh, letting us get Clowney or Bridgewater or somebody else. Let's talk about all of it. With the man seated across from me right now, he joins us on our second podcast each week, you know, from NFL.com, his various written pieces, his power rankings, his weekly picks. You see him talking Thursday night football on NFL.com with me and Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky
3: Brooks. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? What's happening, man? I'm, yeah. I am seriously excited about the Pirates. Yeah, it's fun. Because my Rangers blew it again mm-hmm. in that little one-game game in deal terrible I don't love terrible. the
2: one game playoff the fact that uh, the baseball team I root for won it doesn't change that fact it was fun and everything but there's something hokey about that one game playoff but It was
3: a it was a one game to play in the one game
2: Right yeah that right? was really ridiculous yours yeah, yeah yours was ridiculous
3: And I will never forget watching the uh Sid Bream slide game I mean that that is a I mean, that's just etched in my mind. He was.
2: I still say Sid Bream was out by a whisker. Spanky LaVallier did apply the tag just just a millimeter before Sid Bream's toe touched home plate. But that's I, distant the uh, distant. I've often wondered now.
3: who's faster, Sid Bream or Bobby Aber. Like, it, it was close. I Oof.
2: Well, we did pose that question last week to Archie Manning. We asked him who would win a foot race between Eli and Peyton. He didn't really have a good answer. I don't think there is a good answer. Maybe Tom Brady. Maybe that's about the only guy. Maybe if you could uh, find Chaz Batch, maybe he might. uh, Jared Lorenzen. Yeah, he might be in the mix there. Yeah. Byron Leftwich was not necessarily fleet of foot. Um, All right. And also joining us today, look who just jumped into Studio 66 with us. You know him from NFL Fantasy Live and his uh, fantasy pages. But he also happens to know about football real style. It's our old pal, Marcus Grant. What's the poop with you, fellas? I'm happy to be back. Appreciate the invite. Look who got fancy now. Now uh, you're not even on TV, you understand, right now. And yet you still show up in the press shirt and the tie and everything else.
1: Hey, look, Superman doesn't stop being Superman just because danger's not around. Touche! Look, look wow. who's ready to go today. All right, we're <laughs> wow. going to get into the Red Challenge
2: Flag segment. This is when he we had make that written on an NFL. <laughs> we are. We're going to get into the Week Five games upcoming here, and uh, we'll go through all of our picks with our uh, with our famed Red Challenge Flag segment. Elliot takes on someone else, and uh, and they go back and forth on who's going to win the game. Before we get into that, though, a banner. I listen. I don't mind telling you. Call me a modest, if you will. Facts are facts. The Sheck Report slash Shame Report was just gangbusters this this week, and I encourage you, Nate the man, you go to NFL.com slash Sheck and dig that one up. It really was good. I laid out a terrific conspiracy theory. I made fun of the Jags. Well, really, I made fun of the Colts for taking a full quarter to get the lead on the Jags. That's embarrassing for a pro football team. Um, you know, that reminds me, Elliot. I want to ask you real quick. I want to ask uh, our pals, our scout pals, DJ uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, wonder if – people love to make the joke – I wonder if Alabama – if Alabama played Jacksonville, what do you think the final
3: score would be? Oh, I don't think Jacksonville would score more than 17. I'll tell you that do right Do you now. literally <laughs> believe that?
2: I really would I love do. to know the – I mean, everybody thinks that's a funny I thing. And... No, no.
3: Well, it's not about the talent level because I think Jacksonville has some talent, but – if your players don't work together and they don't work in cohesion, what difference does it make? I well,
2: mean, this is a college team and Jacksonville would win the game, but I, would it would it be like when say Oregon plays, I don't know who you know the Nichols teams they've whipped. Yeah, would it be that result? Would it be
1: 80 to 0? Marcus? No. no, it wouldn't be. I, I the Jags would win. They wouldn't look great. No one would be impressed. Um but yeah, it, it comes down to the fact that yes, the Alabama may have you know ten or twelve NFL players. The Jaguars have fifty-three NFL players on their roster.
3: Plain and simple. I know they would win, but what would what would be like? What would be <laughs> twenty-three to seventeen?
2: What would be Blaine Gabbard's stat line? Would he get intercepted? He would get picked a few times.
3: I, I'd go 185 yards past. Could
2: he throw? <laughs> would, it, would it be a joke? I really want an answer to this. We have to. I, I'm, I'm, want, to I'm going to get a range of answers on this question. I, I'm trying
3: to. I'm trying to give you an answer, and then I'm going to give you a question. But I, I look, they can't run the football. Okay, they can't rush the passer. They they can't throw the football. I mean, Jacksonville has serious, serious Here's problems. the thing. The hey, but from, wait, oh, let me oh, interrupt
2: that. real quick. Black tie behind the glass. Hey, do me a favor, would you? See if you can go online. I, I hate to interrupt your Facebooking. I know this is when you get it done. But real quick, see if you can dig up. They used to have. Elliot and I both have talked about this, and I wish they could bring it back. They never will, of course, for obviously because the the dollar investment in the athletes these days is too great. But I know, you're going they up. used to play. The Super Bowl champion would play. A team of college all stars. What were the
3: scores in those games? I can tell you the last one. I know the last one. Yeah, the last one was played in 1976. It was the Steelers, right? Because they had won. They the, just over beat Dallas. the Cowboys, yeah. Right? Yeah, at Super Bowl 10. I'm pretty sure, without looking, it was 31 to nothing Pittsburgh, and it was. Played That's in, not and, an embarrassment. And it was. Pay, it was played in a downpour, but see, when they started that all-star game, it used to be a really competitive game. And I think one of the reasons they stopped it is because it was becoming uh, a butt-kicking, if, if I'm not mistaken. But 76 is the last year. I know that for sure, that they did that. I
2: do know that, yeah. And uh, I, I and because I uh, we've talked about the fact that in Cowboys Stadium, there's an awesome, gigantic black-and-white image of Bob Lilly. I'm walking through there with Cowboys legend Gil Brandt, and I said – who are they playing there? Bob Lilly. I, it was a team I couldn't recognize, and that's rare that I don't know a uniform on an NFL team, even from history. I said, "Who is that they're playing?" He said, "It's the college all stars." I swooned. It was. I, made, uh, I was delighted by it was that.
4: Cancelled in 1977. The NFL champs where they had a lead, 31-9 and two. Lost, <laughs> they see, lost nine. They lost nine that's,
2: times. That's I, not, this only proves my point, though. That's why I always say. Everybody who wants to argue with me about oh you're you're sleeping on Don Hudson you know why don't when you do your greatest wide receivers in NFL history why aren't you listing Don Hudson because he was playing against guys like me that's why because the guy who was covering him had my basic skill level it doesn't count that proves it if college players were better than the pros that tells you everything but you need to know
3: check this out though that's a thir- what he said thirty one nine and two right okay that's forty two games so you're going back into the thirties. And they won nine games. That's what I'm saying. saying. It's ridiculous. It it used to be a competitive series. But how about the Steelers? They played the college all-star game uh, two years in a row. Did that give them a little leg up in scouting for, like, the 77, 78, 79 draft? They play these guys. They're like, oh, that guy can't play. Oh, would you just go down to Dwight White who, by the way, just – uh, or Elsie Greenwood passed away, but they've I all, know, they've this all passed awful. away. They're all – Furness is gone. Mean
2: Joe is the only remaining. Yeah. The original steel curtain – again, I, I know I've explained this. I'll say it again, though. The people commonly assume the steel curtain is a reference to the Steelers' defense. It is not. In fact, it is the front original four, right? front four. Yeah. It's Mean Joe. Dwight White has gone. Wonderful guy. I had a chance to talk to him couple of times. Really a funny, cool guy. Elsie Greenwood, by all accounts, was the same. Fats Holmes was supposed to be a little off as rocker shooting guns at uh, at helicopters, but a dominant guy with that funny arrowhead uh, shaved into his head and everything. That was your original. And now three out of four of them are gone. i got to post a picture of it. I have... At my home, I have framed a Steelers jersey signed by all four of those guys, which is pretty neat yes. and I mean obviously who cares about its value I'm not gonna ever get rid you of know, it or it's anything cool, but though. pretty neat that uh, you know you'll never get that replicated obviously.
3: Here's my question though uh, and this is where it got me on Dwight White. If you're in the Steelers front office and you just played that game in a second year in a row and you're looking at a tackle, let's say, that was in that game. Do you go up to Dwight White and say, hey, uh, what'd you think of that kid? I oh, stunk. You know? Sure. And then you avoid him. <laughs> Has to happen. Right. I mean, I know the Lions drafted Ziggy Anza because they worked with him, you know, in the, the uh, what do you call it, Senior Bowl. So why not?
2: I mean, obviously. I mean, I think the answer to that is clearly must be yes, that they got a leg up on that. All right. Listen, we got to get to the picks. But where I was starting off with the Sheck report is a lot of heat from people, even members of citizens of the Sheck Republic coming down on me because in there I lay out what I thought was a pretty keen conspiracy theory. You know how on Sunday night the referee said, oh, we can't, you know, the replay booth is not working, Uh that we can't get it. I contend they were actually watching Breaking Bad. That's what that's why Well yeah, yeah, it's not gonna work when you're busy, when you're tuned to AMC watching a TV show, fellas. So I laid out the reasons why. And they go pretty deep, as it turns out. I mean I didn't even have time for all the connections I was able to This was the Lincoln Kennedy, you know how the Lincoln and Kennedy regime. Lincoln and Kennedy, connect. not
1: not Lincoln Kennedy. No, right. not Lincoln Kennedy right. to tackle, right. <laughs> Abe Lincoln, JFK,
2: there are a lot of similarities in their presidency. Right. Same thing. I, I but it required that I unveil the end of Breaking Bad. People were, pe- are giving me the business on Twitter for doing that. What are the standards? When are we as a nation? This wait, is, wait, wait. When are we as you a nation going to make some hard and fast rules that we all abide by? I mean, it's this not, is – why am I – it was 48 hours had, after the show aired. We had
4: this conversation on the last podcast, DDFP191, on Monday's podcast. And I told you, Damashek, you can't assume just because – it series is over that people have seen it. People watch things on their own time. Doesn't matter. I get we it.
2: In. I know we live in a
4: DVR age. You're I you're get gonna it. If you are going to spoil them, let them know. Give them a warning. Give I don't
1: them an alert. I, I I don't I don't I don't dis- I, agree, I disagree with that completely. I feel like the only the only time you have to avoid it is, for instance, you know the folks on the East Coast got to see it at nine o'clock Eastern, which is six o'clock out here. I would prefer they not spoil it for those of us who haven't really had a chance to gotcha. watch it. All right, but. Once it is aired across the country, then it's on you whether or not you have watched uh, it. By listen, that I'll, let, I'll give a
2: 12-hour window, but come on. It was 24. I, I mean, I'm sorry, 48 hours after it aired. And by the way, it was everywhere. Where would you – what what cave did you hide in to keep yourself from learning that uh, – guess what? Here it comes, everybody. Here's your spoiler alert. Walter White dies at the end. What did you think was going to happen anyway? The series starts. The first thing is he has cancer and is dying. But what this, did you think was going to happen? This
3: begs a good question. That That's a concurrent theme here in the podcast, right? Hey, uh, Black Tie, have you seen 48 Hours with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy? <laughs> Why that movie?
2: Oh, 48 Hours, all right. We all have to make our guess. 48 hours. Can we agree? Good movie. Comedy legend Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's great, and, and it's Nick funny because it's gritty. I mean, it, it, yeah. there's some legit kind of dark stuff. Uh, Lionel Gans, is that his name? The yeah. killer is, is a bad dude, as is Billy Bob, you know, the guy <laughs> with the big knife who gets shot, too. Um, spoiler else. alert, Billy Bob gets shot at the end by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um I'm gonna say too soon,
3: Dave. That was 1982. I'm gonna say this is a wild
2: card because that's 1982. I'm gonna say, and I, I am the black tie whisperer. I'm gonna say he has seen it. Marcus Grant, how say you?
1: I'm gonna go because it's Eddie Murphy. Yes, I'm gonna say he has seen it.
2: Why you know him to be? And uh, no,
1: Eddie but Murphy I just, thing? I just have a feeling that he is an Eddie Murphy connoisseur.
3: I'm gonna have an asterisk. Uh, I'm gonna say he caught. A segment of it that's never actually sat and watched the movie. He just might have caught it on movies for guys that like movies <laughs> on TNT. <laughs> Alright, now guess.
2: Black Tie, your answer, sir. Ah. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's my it, first miss in a long time. i I usually get seen, that right.
4: Seen a little bit of it, but I'm not actually. On the contrary, I'm not a big Eddie Murphy fan. I'm just not, oh. I'm not a fan of Stephanie. Just like I'm not a fan of uh, Tom Cruise's roles. It's one of those, <laughs> some of those huge stars that I, uh, I, I just know, that.
2: pretty much
1: every
4: movie. I, Tom well, Cruise
2: as has a rule has written off Tom Cruise. He just doesn't
1: buy him as an actor. Well, every Tom Cruise <laughs> movie, is, he every Tom Cruise movie is pretty much a rehash of Top Gun. Well, he so, does I, he I does run time. in every. movie. It,
2: it, he always. There is a scene in every Tom Cruise, just like John Travolta, has to dance in every role, right. no matter how far a reach it is to get to it. Tom Cruise <laughs> must break into a full sprint. All right. Speaking of breaking into it, it's time to forget the Breaking Bad mess and break into Week Five. It's time for our picks, fellas. It's time for the Red Challenge Flag segment, and Marcus. And for any new listener out there, you should be uh, you should be advised. Here's how we do it. I'm just going to give you compelling games, and you tell me who you think's going to win. Elliot will have a chance to throw the red challenge flag and challenge that, or vice versa. And I'm going to start it off with Elliot
3: Harrison, the Baltimore Ravens, at the Miami Dolphins. How say you, E H? I like the Miami Dolphins to get a little healthier on defense and rebound at home against a struggling Ravens offense. Dolphins win. Marcus Grant. I, I'm going to go with the Baltimore
1: Ravens in this no, one. No, no, no! Please, that's so great that you're going against them, but you got to say, I challenge oh, that ruling. I'm sorry. I challenge that yes. ruling. Yes. I think the Baltimore Ravens get back to doing what they do best, which is running the football. They ran it nine whole times uh. last week in a, in a game that was close all day. I think they get back to what they do best. They feed Ray Rice the football. When they get a win against Miami. You see, people, that's how it's done. It's that easy, Elliot.
2: Don't you see? You went one <laughs> way. He went against it. People like breaking bad because there's drama and conflict. You see? Now Marcus has shown us the path. And now I'm going to give him a chance to go with it Even here. He
3: didn't do it correctly.
2: Well, he well, well, you're right. When you're right, you're right. He did. There was a little bit of a false (laughs) start. He challenged my lack of a challenge. Illegal procedure has been called, but uh, (laughs) but we did let it go this time. All right, let's go with. And by the way, a lot of juicy games in my book. Mm -hmm. This I mean, this week five has a lot of massively fascinating games as far as I'm concerned. And let's talk about another one of those right now. The 4-0 and New Orleans Saints going into Soldier Field to play the Bears.
1: Marcus Grant, how say you? I'm going with the Saints in this when that offense continues to roll, and I think everybody starts to realize this week that the Saints defense is no longer the pushover that it has been in years
3: past. That's been the buzz. All right, well, first, Elliot. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with that. I I don't Uh, see the Bears, not the way they played against Matt Stafford. I I don't see it happening. The Saints' defense is playing ball.
2: It is, but it's not that great. And Jay Cutler will right the ship. And I do think the Bears are going to win that game. And that has been the buzz that the Saints' defense is better. And it, well, it certainly, you know what I think they have? I think they have some nice pieces. I think they have. A really good player at each of the three defensive levels. I I, I like what – so that's interesting. But as a whole, I think a team like the Bears. I now I'm associating the Bears with power football, which of course is not something that they're doing right now. I I have a hunch that
1: the Bears show up. I for have this. To th- people talk about the Saints and, and adding stuff. Really, if you look. The only real major addition is Kenny Vaccaro. Everybody else is kind of the same. I mean, they had uh, Rob Ryan and Sean Payton is back. Other Cam that, Jordan, though, looks terrific. Same. He does. He looks a lot better.
2: Uh, here's a, a great question by uh, homepage editor Robert Carples. And, in fact, I'm I'm writing a little something about it. It might be at NFL.com slash Sheck by the time you're listening to this. In fact, you know, obviously those top two seeds are important. And if you look back, though, over the last, say, decade or 15 years – Obviously, it's an old story that that it's not as though you're just because you have the number one seed, you're kissed into the Super Bowl. In fact, rarely do you see the top two seeds in the conferences play in those in those uh, conference championships. But this year, especially in the NFC, it's really, really uh, deeply important as far as I'm concerned, because think about this right now, the Seahawks and Saints, both uh, with unblemished records. And I don't think the Falcons. Well, they might come back. I. By the way, I went through their schedule remaining. I think they might go like about nine and seven on the year. I don't. You know, they they're missing some pieces, but just look at what look at the schedule they have left. I I have my doubts that they're going to come back. Even if they do, though, they're not going to catch the Saints. And I think that the Niners set up to really go on a big run here again. If you go through their schedule, you'll see that uh, that they really have a chance to win maybe like ten or eleven games from here on out. That doesn't mean they're going to catch the Seahawks, though. So with the home field advantage that the Saints have, which is massive, the only thing that probably exceeds it is what Seattle has going there, would you take anyone to beat the Saints in New Orleans? Could anybody go in there and beat them? Could the Seahawks, Elliot?
3: Yes. I think Seattle could go into New Orleans because they can run the football on Mm -hmm. the Saints. Russell Wilson doesn't turn the football over. And then their secondary will give Breeze problems. And when their pass rushers are fully healthy, Michael Bennett, Chris Clemens, when those guys are healthy, if they rush Breeze, and and Breeze can throw some picks every once in a while, I think Seattle can go in there and beat them.
1: Agree? I 100% agree with that. I think the only team that you really fear at home right now is the Seahawks. They are Oh, I think scary. the Saints
2: though. They you you saw that uh, you saw that Monday night game. That's a pretty uh, Yeah,
1: but I think I think it goes to what Elliott says though is that the Saints don't have the kind of running game where right. they get the ball with 3 minutes left, you don't feel like they're necessarily going to run out the clock. The Seahawks get the ball in a a short game with a short with a, with a close lead, they're going to feed Marshawn Lynch and they're just going to drain that
2: clock. I think go. Sean Payton, I think as this season continues to go, I think you're going to see more and more Pierre Thomas. I think they're going to slowly continue this fade of uh, fading out of uh, Mark Ingram. I really like uh, if they bang Pierre Thomas. Go back and watch their Super Bowl year. They they did that a lot. And they were by the,
3: fifth or sixth in the league in rushing.
2: Yeah, I in think. 09. I, I think that they're obviously going to – if they get that number one seed, they're going to be tough to put out. And people love talking about, and me included, the Seahawks and the Niners and to some degree the Packers. Another team, as I went through their remaining games, they have a chance to get double-digit wins – In their last thirteen games, they really should go about if you look at it, ten and three, or maybe eleven and two from here out. That'd be pretty close to to catching up to the Bears and winning that division. But yeah, I don't know. It's I I find it really interesting. Could anybody go into Seattle and beat that team? No, is the answer. Is what you guys are saying, right? Well, it's
3: it's interesting you brought up Seattle because I have uh, something called the Dave Craig theorem. Okay, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dave Craig was one of those guys that he could get, like, streaky, mad hot. And there are only a few guys like this. Neil Lomax used to be a little bit like this. And they could be anybody on any given St. day. St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. yeah that if,
2: used to be a football team. That's people right. Out there.
3: <laughs> if Dave Craig got hot, he could beat the best team in the league. But normally he was just an average quarterback. Matt Stafford reminds me of that a little bit. Like, yeah, I Matt see Stafford, that. That's a he, good comparison. I could see the Lions going in there and laying an egg and getting beat 30-10. to 10. But I could also see one of those games, especially if Nate Burleson was healthy, so they had somebody on the other side, where a streaky quarterback like that goes in there and he just has one of his lights-out games. Remember Kurt Warner against the Packers in mm-hmm. the playoffs? What would he go, 32 of 36? He had more touchdowns than he had in- than it, than, incompletions. Than in, yeah, incompletions. Yeah. I am not saying Matt Stafford is Kurt Warner. I'm just saying a guy like that on his best day, I could see him do it. I just with Seattle and, and I don't
1: get caught up a lot in home field advantage, you know, I, you know crowds Tend to you know, ebb and flow, but for whatever reason, you would reason,
2: think so. But I talked to I talked to player after player, and I said, "Listen, you were a professional athlete. I love talking to the guys here. In fact, we do it all the time on our Inside Out segment. And I say, how could home field make any difference? You're professional athletes. Didn't you see uh, th- Didn't you see Hoosiers when Norman Dale does the whole tape <laughs> measure, measure thing? Same measure It's a hundred. It's a hundred yards long. That's it. Period. What What is changing that the that the whether or not the fans are cheering for you or against you how could you how could you care about that I
1: just think for whatever reason that crowd in Seattle really does and I think at this point it's, it's it's self-perpetuating because now everybody talks about it so when the players go in there it's one of the things they think about and I just do think it really builds upon itself at this point
2: all right real quick let's go through a couple let's just go one or two more here Elliot, New England Patriots 4-0 at the Cincinnati Bengals who have to feel pretty desperate even though it's just week five
3: I promised myself I wasn't going to go too many road teams, but I'm taking New England in this game. I think Cincinnati is a worse team than we think, and Andy Dalton has to step up.
2: I don't. I mean, I disagree with that premise that they're a bad team. They just. They're but Andy Dalton's team. not making plays for him, right? And not it's as simple as that.
3: They just may not be as great as we anointed them.
1: Maybe it might be Marvin Lewis who's bad. Yes, go ahead. I would Marvin. agree. I remember when, uh, we, remember when we thought that Tom Brady was pretty much dead because he was throwing to a bunch of carnies that he pulled off the street. Now non-carnies? all of a sudden they're four and zero. Oh. He might have done better with John Carney the way people talked at the beginning of the year. I, you know, I, I like the Patriots. All right. Before, because people can't see you, the last
2: game we're going to talk about here real quick is just nod your head. Does, is either one of you willing to take the Texans at the 49ers? No.
1: No. I said be
2: silent for drama's sake. Don't you see? They can't see. The listener can't <laughs> see. So if you
1: said yes, and I would have set How the do question they know up. I wasn't nodding my head. All right. Well, now lesson. I'm not going to bother it. I'm
3: circle with. back, though, what, real quick. It'll take 30 seconds. Uh, about this home field thing, we always think a crowd. Okay, when the Cowboys and Packers played in the '90s, the Cowboys—I know what you're
2: going to say. Yeah, go they ahead.
3: Owned Green Bay at Texas Stadium. They beat them eight straight times, or something ridiculous like that. There were two things: one, Leon Lett was too fast off the turf; it disrupted all their running plays. Interesting. And and two, Favre would be all hyped up, and that crown. Of the field at Texas Stadium was different than other stadiums. It was very easy to throw inaccurately on the sideline hmm. passes, which would also throw your offense off. That's the kind of home field advantage that you don't typically think you're of. You're right. Let's not forget the shadows also uh, going through the hole in the roof of the stadium. I'm just saying sometimes with stadiums, I get it. Yeah, you're they.
2: right about that. It's, it's the uh, the the court at uh, in Boston Garden, the uh – where you're Why can't
1: counting I think of it? Where you, the parquet where you count the bolts
2: yeah that yeah that was true <laughs> i but i mean like you know the packers win against the bears in lambeau more than they do in soldier field it's like a it's a two-hour drive this co- the climate's the same it's a grass field how could that make any difference all right you know one more thing i do want to say sean payton is being cheered and and i guess deservedly so and drew Brees, and look at this big bounce back by this team but you know does it occur to you something i've been pointing out now for a uh, probably a few years now. All I mean, He has the greatest advantage of all, which is, you know, c- Matthew Stafford has Calvin Johnson, who he can just throw jump balls to and look pretty good when Calvin Johnson grabs him because he's taller and more athletic than anybody. But at least those are, that, at least that's a corner and a safety covering him. When Jimmy Graham comes off the line from the, uh, you know, when, when, when they line him up inside in the slot or, or coming off the line and it's a linebacker and maybe a safety helping out, like – I mean, you saw it again. I'm under, All you do is throw a jump ball to him. I I could throw touchdown passes to Jimmy Graham. I'm I, think, I think Sean Payton and Drew Brees get too much credit. Jimmy Graham is so dominant a pass catcher. He might be more dominant than Calvin Johnson. The one is.
1: evolution I'm waiting for in the National Football League is you have the, you've had this trend for a while of these tall wide receivers and these tall big tight ends. I'm waiting for defensive coordinators to start recruiting and drafting tall DBs and taller linebackers to wow. try to come back. Seahawks that. are they, doing it. You yeah,
3: see that they try. You know, you know when they say all oh, these guys would kill the players in the past. Jimmy Graham would end up on IR because the Saints played in the NFC hmm. West, and if his quarterback exposed him like that over the middle, Ronnie Lott hit would've him two destroyed. or three times. Yeah, would have just destroyed <laughs> right. him, and he would have been on IR. Three out of his first five years in the league because it really is that Drew Brees. I'm not Drew either.
2: Brees is is obviously a very accurate thrower. And he's not
3: afraid to throw it, so up.
2: he throws jump balls intentionally. It's not like he's just hanging Jimmy Graham out to dry. He's doing it because he knows that there are no repercussions for doing so. Bingo. Um, it is interesting. That's a that's a, that is a uh, a fun point. Have you ever seen? And then you think about the Sunday night game. Have you? I I in my years of watching football have never seen. Um, a defense basically do punt coverage, blocking on a tight end. They didn't want Tony Gonzalez <laughs> to get awesome. a free release. They, the the Patriots were lining up two guys at the line of scrimmage, and basically as though he was uh, as though he was the, the the guy on the punt coverage. That yeah. <laughs> was a crazy Chief, thing, right? Have Chiefs, you seen
3: that? Yeah, Chiefs did it a couple of years ago on uh, on uh, Antonio Gates, huh. At Arrowhead, Hey, black tie. Who wins Cardinals Panthers?
4: Gonna go, with, uh, the gonna go with the Panthers. Getting like over the Panthers. That's an interesting game. Offense. I want to know
2: what he. Uh, That's a fun game. All right, let's do it real quick.
4: Elliot,
3: Cardinals, Panthers. I got the Panthers on the road. All right, Marcus Grant. Ground.
1: How say you? I like the Panthers. They're Telling you guys, look good. out for Ted
4: Ginn. Ted Ginn has been has looked decent as a receiver the last two games. He's there. Deep threat. You'll look out.
3: drop seven, and get you ten fantasy points. <laughs> All right. Black Tie, start the music. It's time for me to blow
2: through my picks. You can head over to NFL.com slash pick'em and find uh, everybody's picks there. Mine, Elliot's, Adam Rank's, Black Tie's, Handsome Hank's. Marcus, I assume yours are up there, too. I, they should be up there. Oh, somewhere. yeah. They're up there, but you're not in our group. But you're uh, welcome I, to join the DDFP sure, group if you want to. Find it. We'll do it, and uh, let's start it off here. I say the Browns win a home game there. If you, if that one's already played, then I'm 0-1 if I got it wrong and you have a chance to beat me now. Rams at home finally right the ship there, but I don't think they're going to the playoffs anymore. Titans, they're going to upset the Chiefs. That's, uh, that's uh, the Dave Gold Star. That's the Gold Star David upset of the week. The Titans winning at home <laughs> with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he has 60 minutes of good football in him. Dolphins win at home against the Ravens. Eagles at the Giants. Here's another one. That's a team about to go on a big run, Philadelphia. Look at their schedule over the next five weeks. They really should win five out of five there and get right back into the playoff mix. Saints at Bears. I'll go Saints. All right. But uh, I I really think uh, here's another upset special for you. Bengals over the Patriots in Cincinnati. The Lions at the Packers. The Packers win that one. Seahawks at the Colts. I'm going to go with a lot of upsets here. I'm going to go Colts here this week. Panthers at Cardinals. I'll take the Panthers. I like uh, I like that defense now. The Broncos, is this a question if they're going to win or if they're going to win by seven touchdowns or eight? Either way, I'll take the Broncos. The Texans at the 49ers. You can jump in, Elliot, in just one second. Texans at the Niners. I'm going to give it to the Niners. The Chargers and the Raiders. Bill Rivers, how about him? I'll take, uh, I'll take his team. And finally, the Jets at the Falcons. Yeah, nine and seven might be the reality coming up here this season for the Falcons. But listen, one of those nine sure. to come against the Jets. And that is that. Yes, Ellie, I you want to say something about the Cowboys?
3: I, I, I wasn't actually, but I want to. I'll say this about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do think he has sixty minutes of good football. Left in him just spread out over 17 games. <laughs> I knew it was a wisecrack, but
2: <laughs> I really do think that Fitzpatrick, in a va- for, with a small window here, performing as he's performed here and there in his career, might uh, might have one okay. left in him. And if he does, then that okay. Titans team would be 4-1, and, and officially now my, my pick of them being a wild card wouldn't be blown up by Jake Locker's injury.
3: I'll admit my little wisecrack was a long walk. That was a long walk to get there. Will the
2: Cowboys (laughs) be within four touchdowns?
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. No one else is. Why would they be? The (laughs) the game
3: is in Dallas. Denver's going to have to stop them, too. Bear that in mind. All right. I think the Cowboys lose. I'm just telling you. I don't think it's going to be by four touchdowns.
2: Anybody think the Colts have a chance at home against the Seahawks? Absolutely. Seahawks are a different team on the road. Seahawks have
4: not
1: looked good, huh? They're different on the road. Anybody? You know, think? May I just mentioned that Dan
4: yes. once again had Russell Wilson at number six on his quarterbacks drafted in 2011-2012. I didn't behind Ryan Tannehill. I fought that fight. So We has we been there. we has been getting a lot of he's <laughs> been getting a lot of heat from Breaking Bad fans and Seattle fans. Cause it's of, true. We
3: should uh, say you know NFL.com live Thursday night.
2: Oh yeah, I sorry I, I I mentioned it, but I didn't want to get the name wrong again. It's NFL.com live Thursday night football.
3: 8 8 p.m. Eastern.
2: He gave me the answer, else we would have sat here all afternoon doing
3: this. I like watching the game from the different angles that uh, Money and Solly do. I really love it, too. It's really nice. So join us, man. It's cool.
2: All right. Well, I guess the Around the League boys are coming through the door here, so I guess we should shut it down there. Marcus Graham, what a pleasure to see you.
1: Appreciate being here. Hey, people have been tweeting me asking why I'm not on the fantasy show this year. What gives, man? because uh, there's just too much handsome on the show already we can't afford one more face. No, like that. Uh, what
2: I think happened is you willfully talked your way in and me out of a gig talking fantasy
1: football. I don't talk quite that well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm doing uh, I'm doing other things. I appreciate the people checking in on me um but uh but there's no uh, there's no uh, horrible back story there don't we do? Of like no, me no, getting not- fired. Uh, uh, But we miss you on the show. Michael Fabiano took a swing at me, and then I punched him back, and he said, I won't work with that Jew ever again.
1: (laughs) We should create some ugly rumors just to circulate through the Internet.
2: Check Report, go check it out yourself. Listen, so what? So I spoil Breaking Bad. It's well worth it for my conspiracy theory. Elliot Harrison. Elliot Harrison. Check him out on Thursday night. And, again, his power rankings and his weekly picks, they're there for you at NFL.com. Marcus Grant on NFL Fantasy Live. Um, make sure you check him and the show out five uh, six days a week at this point. Good stuff there, and uh, and with that, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. And I'll say, go Buckos! Does and he die? He does die, Walter White, and he's not the only one. And that's all I'm going to say to you. We'll be back with more who and applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much,
0: football fans.
2: It's been a thin slice of heaven.